1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Shabana Hearn and leading guests from the world of women's football.
0: Cuts back onto her right foot and finds the net! On
2: TalkSport 2. TalkSport 2.
3: Good evening, how are you? I hope you had a lovely weekend. Welcome along to Women's Football Weekly. Another week, another sacking in the WSL. As it, as they say, it comes in threes. Jonathan Morgan leaves Leicester City after failing to secure a single point this season.
2: It's never nice losing and the whole change room will, will tell you that. I think the club are fantastic because they realise it's, it's a journey that we're on and they know that we're at the beginning.
3: England battled to beat Austria and maintain the 100% start to World Cup qualification.
2: Whipped across. meets Kirby. Kirby again. Surely it's time. And
3: time. The record draws near. And Scotland rescued a point in their qualifier against Ukraine thanks to Abby Harrison, who got her first goal for our country.
4: Yeah, I don't probably think it's sunk in yet. Um, emotional my family were here
3: Um, so emotional moment for them but yeah when the dust settles I'm sure I'll look back with with pride and and excitement over it. Thanks to the Scottish FA for that clip there we're going to be rounding up all the international action looking ahead to the FA Cup final cannot wait and hearing from Danielle uh, Turner from Everton as well this is Women's Football Weekly National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with her others.
4: Hi, I'm Leah Williamson from Arsenal Women and you can follow the WSL on TalkSport 2.
3: How are you? Hope you had a brilliant weekend. It's been all internationals missing the WSL. Looking forward to having it back, but it's been a good run uh, for our home nations as well. When it comes to World Cup qualification, we're going to get into it all very, very soon. But privileged and thrilled to have with us on the show tonight, Arsenal legend and former Scotland international, Kim Little is with us. How are you, Kim? Hi, fine, I'm well. How are you? Yeah, very, very well, thanks. I mean, we've been digging out the chocolate, where we're getting out the fizzy juice, where we're, <laughs> we're rolling out the red carpet for having you in tonight, Kim. Um, so thank you so much for spending your time with us as well, because you're a busy woman, you don't get a lot of time for yourself, so I'm glad that you're spending your time with us tonight, especially on a Monday of course, anytime. okay, Great. Well we'll lock you in for the next four weeks then. Um so Kim, what's it like? What's it like not being on international duty? Yeah, it's
5: um obviously quite different to, to what I'm used to. Um this is I think the third camp since I retired um, from international. So yeah, it's um yeah, it's quite a shift in what I'm what my normal kind of life's been like for the past fifteen years. Um so I'm just kind of getting used to it now. It's been the third international window. And um yeah, it's just a slight change of my routine and a little bit more a little bit more downtime to to do sort of different things um than going away with international.
3: It was obviously a, a decision that you really had to take seriously. And I'm sure as the show goes on, we'll get to know more about it. But are you missing it or was it the right decision for you?
5: Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's, it was the right decision. I think that's the best best way to put it. I think it was something I'd um, thought about for quite a long time. So it was, um, you know, I really considered and thought through um, kind of process and decision. So um, for me, it was, you know, about moving on and then, um, you know, using my time to, to do other things and to, to be purposeful with that.
3: Yeah, well, it's one of those things as well when the news broke and you like everything these days, you just read it on social media. And when it said that you were going to be stepping back from your international duty, I was like, oh my God, like, it's going to feel strange not to see Kim Little wearing a Scotland shirt anymore and, and, um, and doing what you do for Scotland as well. So you'll be missed. Are are you missing the girls? Or are you like, nah, I was over you a long time ago? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no,
5: of course. You know, that's, you know, one of
3: the best things about football is, you know, your teammates and
5: the relationships you have with them, who you're playing. And I obviously played with the national team for a long time and, um, you know, some of my best friends um, are through that. So yeah, of course, I'm, I miss spending spending time with, with them, um, of course
3: of course um, let's talk about the WSL Kim uh, won't lie we were texting this morning yeah. and we were saying that Jonathan Morgan had been sacked from Leicester and you were like was he didn't know <laughs> so you're spending your quiet time really on social media as well and off all news uh, yeah the news came out last week that Jonathan Morgan has been sacked from Leicester he'd been at the club for 12 years his family a big part of the setup as well it's a bit like succession but not as successful His uh, sister Holly <laughs> uh, the first team coach she also leaves as well and she was the captain there so Rohan Morgan was the is his dad he's the chairman of the club and Jade his sister's the general manager since 2015 um, so what an awkward conversation that would have been I imagine between that family at their dinner one night Right, well you two are going to have to go now but we've been speaking about this quite a lot Kim um, since the start of the season with Leicester getting into the WSL just how different it is when you come up from the championship and just how different the level is in the women's super league yeah, I think
5: obviously with the investment and the resources put in the game now, especially from even clubs, you know, like like Leicester, um, you know, Everton, Birmingham, who've also um, parted away with their with their manager this year. There's obviously increased um yeah, exposure and kind of expectations. Um, with that, and I think um obviously when you're not picking up points and you know, there's a real need to stay in the WSL, it's um you know, it's a it can be a harsh one. Um with with um you know not keeping a manager but um yeah i think it's yeah it's almost kind of aligning a little bit more with the the men's game in that aspect mm-hmm. because of because of the investment in um yeah and where women's is at now
3: it, it's the right decision because obviously jonathan morgan did run a mock in the championship but since he has a uh, game promotion it, it's not just it's just not clicked for them at all, and we know that Leicester have a strong team, and if they can get the service up front, they can do some damage. But it's not happening. Uh, Kim, I want to ask you what's what is more important right now in football? Is it is it clubs like Leicester who are investing heavily in their squads who should stay up, mm-hmm. or is it is it teams like Birmingham who have been part of the Women's Super League for quite some time who you would like to see up? What would be your preference there?
5: Yeah, I think that you know that's a hard um, kind of comment to make on teams I don't really know too much about it, but I think like you said when you have um, clubs that are really investing um, in women's teams you know I think Brighton's a really good example of that and mm-hmm. um, right now they're kind of reaping the rewards of investing and providing the resources and um, to you know be able to play at a level um, and sustain a high performance level that means you'll Able to stay in the WSL, and I think I think that is is really important. But I obviously, I can't comment on you know those, those specific circumstances.
3: Of course, and Leicester are really investing, and we know that uh, Emil Heskey, Leicester legend himself, is head of women's football development at the club, uh, and took on that role earlier on in the season. But he has been there for quite some time, overseeing training sessions. My sister was there a couple of seasons ago, and he was there at the yeah. time, uh, leading some some of the sessions. And he's going to look after the next five fixtures as well. Um, sorry, the next team's fixtures and the, the next game is on the 5th of December. Um, interesting, Kim, just to get your thoughts on, you know, le- legends in the men's game coming into the women's game now. Does that mean anything to you? Um, I think just in
5: general, I think because of, um, say, players like Emil Heskey who are involved, you know, within the women's, uh, men's game, sorry, played at a really high level, I think it um, can be really beneficial um, for the women's game to to kind of understand, I suppose, um, where the women's game is going, and um, because we're obviously um, a little bit behind the men's game in that sense in terms of its professionalisation, um, you know, throughout the leagues and you know even within the WSL. So I think um, I think it can be really beneficial
3: yeah absolutely. I mean even the the influence that they would have you know men would have from the from the men's game coming into the women's game and bringing that audience as well. I know that's not how yes. we see it because we've been invested in women's football for such a long time. but with the game growing the way that it is, you know with the with the rights and how it's changed over the last season, it would be interesting to see how many more you know followers can come over to the women's game and following the men over as well. You know, they need to be influenced somehow, some people, because it's not just football in their eyes. Um, but the news broke today from Tom Garry at The Telegraph. He said that the England women's under-17 coach, Lydia Bedford, uh, is in contention for the job as well, uh, as well as the Football Association's former head of women's development, Brent Hills. Uh, they're the leading contenders for the vacancy. Willie Kirk got mentioned as well. Kim, did you work with Willie for a while or have you never worked with Willie before?
5: No, I, I've not worked with Willie at all. He was um, he was at Hibs. Um, oh. I, I think that was after I was there, so I haven't actually worked with him
3: interesting and, and also emil heskey is the other person who who seems to just be popping up he's really invested in the club he's got that huge role at the club um and i wonder if if he will be the man just to take control uh, and hopefully drive leicester uh, up the table as well because you want to see them doing well like we say with the investment as well uh okay and speaking of ws wsl managers today the nominees for the barclays at wsl november manager of the month were revealed so let's take a little, little bit look at that sorry in more detail with now
2: Women's Football Weekly Preview on Talksport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just $9.99. Search Now Sports 18 Plus, stream via internet, terms apply. A
3: few names you're gonna know in here, Kim, uh, one of them more than others, but Emma Hayes has been nominated. What's your thoughts on Emma Hayes? Cuz I find her just the most fascinating character.
5: Yeah, she's obviously, um, you know, been at Chelsea a long time now and they've sort of developed into, you know, one of the leading kind of clubs within not just, you know, the WSL, but in in, in um, European football as well. So um, I she was actually um, at Arsenal when I first came to the club, when I was only 17. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I only worked really briefly with her, but um, yeah, she's obviously got so much experience within the women's game and um, have, re- have really made Chelsea into a really consistent team. Um, which I think will get harder and harder to do within the women's game.
3: Mm-hmm. What was she like to work with at the time? What can you remember as a 17-year-old Kim?
5: I can honestly remember not very much. At the time, I actually didn't um, train with the club. I was just flying down for mm-hmm. games. So it was you know very brief um, at that point in time.
3: Interesting, okay. Because I I, I mean, the things I've heard about her are so conflicting over the years as well. Like she could be such an intense character as can all managers, I'm sure. Uh, The next nomination is Kelly Chambers uh, from Reading as well. She's done a good job and she's just maintaining that steady way in the table as well, Kim.
5: Yeah, um, again, Kelly's been a manager um, within the Dove Cell for a long time at Reading. And um, yeah, they've they've maybe not been as... um, as good this year as they have been in previous years, but they you know they still have a very good team and are always a team that when we go up against um, we know we need to be on our on our game when we play them um to make sure
3: we get the result. Yeah they can do those tricky games where they can just start to break you down and nick a point here and there. Yeah. Uh, and the other nomination, a man you know very well, is Jonas Edeval. <laughs> um he's up for manager of the month again. Kim, what's your experience like with Jonas? What's he like as a guy?
5: Yeah obviously I'm um, a new new manager coming in this summer. Um we obviously kind of went straight into it this year because of um, the Olympics and then you know we straight away were into Champions League fixture so that we didn't actually have that much time as a team um working with Jonas before we started games. But yeah it's it's been great. It's um you know he's a fairly you know young manager. He's really progressive and you know energetic and um brings a really intensity to our game um at the club and it's been really um enjoyable to to work with someone new and to kind of push myself in different ways. Um, which yeah, has been really enjoyable and obviously we've had um a good amount of success this start of the year. So I hope that continues yeah,
3: still unbeaten uh in the league so far. Um he strikes me as the kind of guy who's very, very passionate because I don't know if you'll see this when you're in the midst of a game, Kim, but he's so full on, on the you know, in the in the dugout on the sidelines. he gets right into it
5: yeah I'm quite unaware of that actually when I'm when I'm playing in the game um, and then I hear hear you know kind of stories and celebrations afterwards which is you know it's just fun it just shows you um, you know the good things about football and the passion and you know what it means to people and it's you know that's the best thing best thing about football is that celebrating and um you know enjoying those moments with your teammates and your managers.
3: Yeah, and in his first game obviously against Chelsea as well, you could see how much it meant to so him just getting that win. Um and I'm not hoping we're going to see that again on Sunday Kim. Um one thing I have to ask, him just out of curiosity, with you being club captain and have been part of Arsenal and that set up for so many years, when Jonas Devet was coming in, did they consult you? Did they speak to you about anything like that in advance?
5: No, they don't. It's very much um yeah, um the board and above us. Mm-hmm. Um we didn't we don't get told or spoke about it, which um, I think, you know, I think it's the, you know, maybe the way it should be unless, Mm -hmm. you know, people have previously worked with managers. Um, But
3: yeah, no, not, not, not at all. Okay. I'm going to have to put you in the spot. Out of the three of them, who are you going to go for as manager of the month?
5: Okay. I've got to go for Jonas, have I not? <laughs>
3: <laughs> got to I go for Jonas. So. I think you might be right. <laughs> that was a look ahead to the latest news in the Women's Super League action with Now. Don't forget, with a Now Sports membership, you can stream the Women's Super League live on Sky Sports without a contract search. Now Sports.
2: Women's Football Weekly preview on Talksport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just £9.99. Search Now Sports 18, stream via internet, terms apply.
3: You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2. My name's Shabana Hearn. I hope you're good tonight. Arsenal's Kim Little here for us as well until 8 o'clock. And coming up, we're going to check about, chat about England after their victory in Sunderland next.
2: Women's Football Weekly with Shabana Hearn. She's around the
6: goalkeeper.
2: Talk Sport team.
3: Monday evening. Hope you had a lovely weekend. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport2. The only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. My name's Shaban in for Faye for the next wee while an Arsenal legend and former Scotland international Kim Little is with us as well and don't forget if you miss any of the shows or you want to listen again our podcast is available on the TalkSport app. It's really easy. Download it, swipe left everything on TalkSport2 is there and you can find this show there as well. Uh, So Kim, let's look at the inter International, shall we? I know you're having a little bit of a detox downtime uh, to yourself, but we have to talk about England against Austria because it was quite possibly the, the toughest test that England have had so far uh, in the qualification campaign. It was 1-0 uh, to England against Austria. Terrible conditions. 10,000 fans, though, out in Sunderland in the cold and the snow. And... um a tough game, but they managed to just pull it together. Do you think having Leah Williamson out injured at the moment will be a big problem for them?
5: Um, I don't think it's a, it's not a big problem for them, but it's definitely a big big loss for them. They've obviously got a, a real depth within within the England team, um, and she's obviously Leah's had you know a great start to the season and um, been a real um, you know starting point for. them within the national game since um, since the summer so um yeah she obviously has been the captain as well and she's put in some really good performances from them but they have you know a lot of of great players there and I think yeah like you said I think you know Austria was their um, toughest opponent in the group and they came out with you know a result although maybe um closer than they'd wanted um you know Mm -hmm. it's still a good result um in Austria or you know they're a really good team within within women's European football and have um, got really good results. I think it was against France in their last qualifying campaign for the Euro mm-hmm. and stuff, so they were always going to be a tough opponent and then, like you said, the conditions and um, things were not ideal, so I think they'll be they'll be pretty pleased to come away with that one
3: it it was even though it was a win, you know it was a big win. It's strange not to see the huge numbers that seem to come from an England game you know thirteen nil ten nil um what's your thoughts of of score lines like that? Is it just one of those games that you have to put away or just get the job done and and take what you can um yeah, I think you know within the moment and maybe
5: after it you're you know you're like oh maybe more goals would have been would have been better but um in hindsight that the most important thing is the three points um so yeah you can kind of bang your head against the wall with saying oh we should have scored more or this but i think generally once you reflect on games um i know per- just from personal experience it's the most important things is those points
3: Mary Earp has been brilliant so far uh, this tournament, standout performer, she's pulled off some brilliant saves. Um, Not that you like to see people being replaced, but, you know, do you think she's really kind of cemented her place there as the number one for now?
5: Yeah, obviously, um, naturally with um, footballer comes injuries and, you know, people will come in and out of the team and obviously Ellie Roebuck um, has picked up some injuries and she's been their main number one for the last little period but yeah Mary Arps obviously stepped into that um you know as Man United's number one and has put in some really good performances within these qualifiers so um yeah it's it's great to see and obviously um it's giving you know other people an opportunity um which is obviously not nice um off the back of you know others being injured but um yeah she's definitely taken her um Taking our place and um, put ourselves in a spot to to go forward um, into the Euros next year.
3: And it's great seeing Jordan Nobbs back as well, uh, back into the England squads for the first time since April. Um, mm-hmm. And she didn't make an appearance uh, at the game just there. But you're very close to Jordan. You know her very well, of course. Arsenal. Uh, how's she feeling yeah. about being back in the England setup?
5: Yeah, she's just you know she's buzzing to be back in back in there. Um, you know, it's obviously disappointed to to not be in at the previous camp, but um I suppose understood it from the stance of, you know, she, she wasn't um playing consistently, but she's obviously put herself in a really good position now. Um, you know, has played a lot more minutes and mm-hmm. contributed hugely here at Arsenal. And um yeah, she's just excited to be back in in there and um to get going going again with England.
3: And we have to mention Beth Mead as well because she's just been putting in some shifts and she's been back in, of course, uh, uh, with with the job she's doing at Arsenal just now. But getting herself back into the England squad after being left out of Team GB, she was hurt by that. You know, how impressed have you been by her performance and her comeback?
5: Yeah, obviously, naturally, it's you know incredibly disappointing to not be selected for you know tournaments like that. And um, yeah, you know, Beth took that hard and was was really disappointed. And but she's obviously started the season for us so well. Um, Mm -hmm. She's put in really good performance in big games um, for us. And then, you know, I think now you can see that with her getting, you know, really good starting opportunities with England, um, you know, and performing. So, um, yeah, she's in really good
3: form. And um, I'm sure she'll continue that, um, you know, for the future for the foreseeable future of course and Nikita Paris as well the news came out today that she's left the England squad to go, go home and get some rest that's something we've seen with Viviana Medema as well getting that day off from a game uh, from Arsenal as well with the amount of football that's been played Nikita Paris part of Team GB so she's uh, missing out in tomorrow's game she's going home to get some rest which is great um, and Ellen White now is only one goal away from matching Kelly Smith's record uh, what's Ellen White like to play against because she's still on incredible form
5: yeah, she's she's such a professional and hard worker. I um, played with Ellen when I was first at the, the club down here at Arsenal. We played for three years here together, and um, yeah, she's the ultimate professional. She's you know wants to work her hardest for the team and get herself some really you know good goal sco- scoring opportunities. And I think you know that speaks for itself with with the England record and her consistency and you know playing at that level and scoring in big mm-hmm. matches. So yeah, I'm really pleased for her.
3: What's she like compared to Kelly Smith, Kim? Yeah, she. I mean, they're both
5: very different. Very different players. I think you know, Ellen's more more of a nine, more of a forward. Kelly's more of a playmaker. Um, you know, number ten. So they're quite different in in their kind of you know goal scoring ways, I suppose. Um, but yeah, great greats of the game. And um, yeah, I'm you know, Ellen's Ellen's doing you know really well now, of obviously is um, well most likely surpassed that record of Kelly's.
3: A hundred caps as well for England. Here's what Serena Wegman had to say about England centurion, Ellen White.
4: Yeah, I think it's just an incredible achievements. And if, you, um, if you've if you been for hundred caps, uh, you've been so consistent. Uh, and well, I know I've n- learned to know Ellen as a f- real professional player, uh, as a, a terrific team player. And um and then the consistency she brings, she wants to still she wants to become better every day. And that's really special. So yeah, I'm uh, yeah, she it's just really a great acknowledgement.
3: Serena Wegman there and let's hear now from the goal scorer herself. This is what Ellen White had to say after the game.
4: Yeah, obviously it's uh, it's come full circle for me in terms of making my debut for Austria. Uh, Against Austria and then my 100th cap. Um, So, yeah, for me, um, you know, I'm incredibly proud to to have represented my country 100 times. Um, Yeah, I feel super lucky to, to be a part of this team and to be surrounded by such talented players. And obviously for us to get the win, that was the main goal um and um yeah it was a really tough game tough conditions um but yeah really proud to to have contributed and to to help the team win really
3: fair play sir uh, kim tomorrow night is england against latvia the last round was was it 13 nil? floor 10 now how did that 10 nil that ended how do you see this one playing out tomorrow
5: yeah probably very much <laughs> very much so like that um Going that way, obviously, England, um, you know, they've got a, such a depth in their squad. I'm sure mm. they'll, they'll change up a little bit. But yeah, I can't see it being um, too much less than those score lines um, okay. tomorrow.
3: Okay, well, you can join Adrian Durham and producer Flo Lloyd Hughes tomorrow night uh, as they'll be at the Keepmoat Stadium in Doncaster for kickoff on Talksport. That's from six o'clock to cover England against Latvia. And coming up, we're going to chat through the rest of the international action next. I hope you had a lovely weekend. It's Monday. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport2. My name's Shabana Heron. Arsenal's Kim Little with us all night as well. Kim, it's lovely to have you with us tonight and uh, looking forward to getting stuck into this chat as well because we need to focus on Scotland uh, against Ukraine. Thanks very much to Abby Harrison uh, grabbing that goal in uh, stoppage time uh, the other night at Hamden, in in Scottish time as well. Uh, Brilliant for her. Mm -hmm. Our first goal for a country as well, uh, in front of all of our family. Um, Did you watch the game, Kim?
5: I didn't actually watch the game. um, You've totally divorced from Scotland. Are you going
3: to join England or something, Kim? Is that what you're going to tell me next? (laughs) No, I'm not not watching anything.
5: Yeah, I think I'm still at that point where I'm just kind of removing my self a little bit from it to to obviously not miss it and mm. to feel a little bit nostalgic so I've I've not kind of um persuaded myself to watch it not because I don't care or because um you know I don't want to see the girls and um, play but just almost yeah just a uh, part of my process of <laughs> coming to terms as you know stopping playing but I'm sure I, I'm sure I will um in the next games but yeah mm. obviously a last gasp um goal to get a point and yeah I think and actually they'll be disappointed with, with the result because mm-hmm. um, you know, they would have expected to win but I think they're still in a really good place um, in terms of the group um, for getting you know, a playoff place and
3: um, you know, qualifying for the World Cup Still unbeaten at Hamden as well, which is great but Kim, you, you mentioned it there, I have to ask what, what was your reasoning behind stepping back from the Scotland squad? What made you make that, make that decision in the end?
5: yeah I think that it wasn't a lot of different reasons um that kind of accumulated you know there was um I think one because i had been doing it for you know a long period of time and I just felt like I you know wanted a change and I wanted to you know spend my time um doing other things um yeah so I think it naturally just felt to me like it had sort of done its course um which I think's hard maybe hard to, do, to explain or describe to um you know other people but that's mm-hmm. just the feeling that. And um, you know, I kind of I just felt like it was the right time yeah. um personally
3: is it one of those things as well is there an added pressure on you for being part of the Scotland squad for so long and being a Scottish legend uh, shall we say to to take the game to the next level, or do you add that pressure on yourself to to try and develop things differently and it's not happening yeah i think
5: I think naturally um as female footballers um especially in um you know, obviously, the game's really developed here in England, but in Scotland, it's you know further behind in, tell, in terms mm. of its development. So, yeah, I think a lot of us feel a real responsibility to, um, um, you know, push the game forward and, um, you know, try to improve things, um, across the board. Definitely.
3: Is it is it higher above that they're just not letting that develop? Is it just you know banging your head against the brick wall sometimes and. Uh, you know, you talk about Ireland getting the the equal pay for the for the international yeah. girls as well. I imagine that Scotland have been trying to campaign for that as well.
5: Yeah, we obviously um, myself and Rachel course, are the captain, we are obviously in most of the discussions and the talks with um, you know, some of the the more senior people within Scotland. And yeah, yeah, it's I think it's you know, it's a development of the game and it's um, you know, trying to to push for um especially resources, not necessarily finances all the time about, you know, what's needed to, to be high performing and to be able to compete with, you know, the, the higher ranked nations. Um, mm. And that, you know, there's still um, a fair bit to go um, in that sense with, um, you know, the national team in Scotland. Um, you know, there's definitely been progress, but um, there's definitely a lot of steps that can be taken to, to kind of help with that high performing environment to, you know, provide, you um, you know better opportunity to, to reach the potential that the, the team has you know because there's you know such a great group of players there that, um, that are so talented and are playing at the highest level you know whether it's here in England or in Europe or in America mm-hmm. um, and I just I think um, we, we never we it's definitely when I was there I don't think we quite reached our potential as a team for what what we were capable of and I think um, yeah. you know that can be to do with you know lots of different things um you know getting the best out of each other but also to do with the you know the resources we're provided with so it's about developing that side of the game. What, what, um, what
3: resources Kim what is it that's missing? I suppose it's
5: just you know staffing it's mm. um you know you know we don't have full-time staff within Scotland and um, other nations other nations do um yeah and just resources I suppose in the sense of high performance resources you know whether it's nutrition um mm. you know recovery kind of methods it's lot, lots of different things but um you know, it's definitely progressed and it's it's becoming better, but there's still a long way to go.
3: Yeah, it annoys me, Ken. It annoys hearing that still because <laughs> you want to think that it's better, is better than that, especially when you look at the, the men's Scotland team at the moment for a long, long time, not being present at international tournaments uh, and the women being grinding away and being present the whole time, but still not getting that acknowledgement and getting those resources that they require, like the men get day in and day out, that does my nothing. Is it still annoying you? Um,
5: it's, it doesn't annoy. I wouldn't say it annoys me. It's just for me, it's for me, what you know, I want to, to do now is to as the, as the women's game progresses and as it develops and professionalizes, you know, whether it's domestically or nationally, it's, mm. it's kind of, I suppose, making people aware and recognizing, um, you know, what's required. And I think a lot of the time it's maybe just a lack of awareness or, um, yeah, under, you know, understanding of that. So it's, you know, as, as a player who's been in the game a long time, it's mm. to, to try and, um you know, push for those things and, um you know do that consistently so to, to to
3: make those changes I imagine you gave it all 100% as you always do for your time at Scotland but are there any regrets anything that you wish had happened differently yeah I think
5: yeah I, I think for me it was maybe just to push a bit more um mm-hmm. which is not I wouldn't say it's an, a regret but um you're definitely back and I think maybe sometimes I could have um kind of pushed for a bit more um but apart from that no no i wouldn't say i have any regrets at all
3: push for a bit more what kim
5: sorry that's um, yeah, <laughs> like therapy yeah like what we were just speak- like what we were just speaking about there about you know the resources and uh, mm. yeah what's what's needed um to kind of reach the you know higher level of performance to be, to be able to compete
3: OK, well, I'm sorry that you're not going to be wearing a Scotland top anymore. Um, you will be missing that Scotland team. But let's talk about uh, the next fixture as well for Scotland is against Spain. Uh, and the last time Spain lost, I think, was June 2019. Um, so yeah. this is going to be a right test for the Scotland team tomorrow.
5: Yeah, definitely. I think um, Spain are probably one of, I'm not sure what their ranking is, but they're definitely one of the most informed <laughs> Um Nations right now, you know, whether that's obviously domestically with Barcelona or with the, the Spanish national team, I think most teams don't want to come up against Spain just, you know, one, because of their um, their current performances, but also just their style of play is extremely hard to play against. So um, it'll be a really tough game um, tomorrow for for Scotland. But um, yeah, it'll be a good kind of, I suppose, basis to, to see where they're at and um, you know, to co- try and compete with the best
3: absolutely we saw um i was coming home from glasgow last night and i saw jenny beattie in the plane uh god love her she's got another wee injury a wee niggle uh working away at the moment so she's going to be out for this game tomorrow which is a shame um but somebody we have to mention is that how erin cuthbert has just turned it around and is just unbelievable at the moment kim
5: yeah you know erin's a great player and um she's you know extremely fun to play with um she's got so much energy passion and obviously technical ability and um She's really, you know, she's still so young, but um mm. she, you know, she holds a lot on her shoulders, especially with Scotland. And obviously with, with Chelsea this season, them um, she's yeah, you know, one of their one of their main starters and the main part of their team. So she's been um she's been great and really developed um, over the past yeah, couple of years.
3: You must be proud as well, Kim, looking at the the members of the Scotland team who are representing in the WSL as well.
5: Yeah, definitely. You know, it's um, you know, obviously Aaron. It, is doing so well at Chelsea, and then obviously Caroline. We're at, at Man City, um. Especially, you know, I think being midfielders as well. Um, I got to obviously play with them at Scotland mm. for a number of years, and they're they're so talented technically. Mm. They've got such a natural ability, um. And I think you know are some of the best players to watch in the league. Um. So yeah, and definitely, it's definitely you know great to see um Scottish players do well both domestically and internationally. Absolutely, um, for sure.
3: Fingers crossed for Scotland tomorrow night against Spain. Uh, well done to Wales beating Greece 5-0. Um, they are doing very well at the moment and they've got so many young players coming through. Uh, their next fixture is against France. That's tomorrow. And Republic of Ireland, um, Kim, you might have a really angry Katie if they do not win <laughs> against Georgia tomorrow. Um, <laughs> One all against Slovakia at Tala uh, last Friday night. And um, oh, that was a tough game to watch because... Ireland are so good and so strong in some places and in other parts, they're just really sloppy, you know, and it's, it's tough to watch. And Slovakia are a really strong, aggressive team um, and they really put up a little fight. But Katie got the goal, uh, which was brilliant. And um, fingers crossed, it's a must win for Ireland against Georgia tomorrow.
5: Yeah, again, um, you know, Katie's in, in great form this year for us at club and it's obviously um, putting that international to Republic of Ireland. But yeah, they're in a kind of tight spot. They've dropped some points and um, obviously need to pick up... Um, these points tomorrow um, to make sure that they can you know stay in touch with that second place if they they hope to qualify
3: I hope for that too because then looking ahead to Sunday the FA Cup if Kate McCabe's in a bad mood oh dear God love us all (laughs) Uh, and also let's mention Northern Ireland as well against North Macedonia 11-0 this is the first time this has ever happened for Northern Ireland it's just brilliant to see our home nations our small countries starting to boss it and credit to Northern Ireland not all of their players are full time what does that say about the development of women's football
5: yeah, I think obviously with them qualifying for the Euros, that was a great step for them. Um, and then putting in a result like you just said, an 11 no, you know, that mm-hmm. doesn't come come out of anywhere. So, you know, it's, it's great to see, um, you know, the home nations doing so well and progressing in, in that sense.
3: Absolutely. And don't forget, you can hear England against Latvia tomorrow. It's going to be around the grounds flow. Uh, our producer and Adrian Durham are going to be working on that tomorrow night from six o'clock. We'll keep you posted and all the other scores as well. And in other international news, Viviana Miedema, she's gone and done it again. She's been awarded the BBC Women's Footballer of the Year Award. And I caught up with her earlier on to get her reaction to the news.
6: I would love to be having a wee whiskey or glue wine or mold wine or however you want to call it in English. But... Obviously not, since I've got a big call again and we've got a game on Sunday. But, um, yeah, BBC Player of the Year. Obviously, um, unreal to win it. I think I'm happy with the season. Obviously, we've had last year with qualifying for Champions League with Arsenal. Um, the successful Olympics on personal note. Um, but I hope that this year we obviously get some prizes with with Arsenal and, and with the national team at the Euros in the summer. And, um, yeah, it's amazing to to win an award yourself like that, but I obviously couldn't have done it without my teammates either, so probably would definitely want to thank them and, yeah, thank all the fans who are obviously fun for me as well. So, yeah, absolutely chuffed that I won it and focuses on the FA Cup final for next weekend.
3: Viviana my BBC Player of the Year. Kim, what's Viv been like to play with this year? <laughs>
5: yeah, obviously she's so humble speaking there but yeah she's she's done so well this year past year or you know however many years before that um, and still being so young and um, yeah she's an in- incredible player and such a good finisher and um, yeah and we're incredibly proud of her here at Arsenal mm. um for you know winning that award Um yeah and it's uh, yeah for me it's you know it's it's she's just fun to play with and link up with and mm. you know to play good football with Um yeah so we're, we're really proud of her.
3: Uh, yeah, Yes, actually watching her just now, at any time then she can get the ball and get into those areas, she could just score such beautiful goals and it's just the amount of goals that, that Viv can get. She's breaking all kinds of records um, and she is, she's very humble, she doesn't seem to say anything, she doesn't really care for records, you know. Um, I think if I were a player I'd be like, oh look at me, I got another record, but she really doesn't care, um, which is quite interesting about her.
5: Yeah, she's um she she doesn't like the attention at all. And um yeah, we always we always laugh about that because we're quite similar. But um yeah, her you know, her record speaks for itself to be able to um consistently score um that often for both club um and country um, you know, is special um
3: for sure absolutely Um. by the way as well she just the the, the videos that went up on social media of uh, the BBC coming at the Arsenal training ground to su- surprise her she's like oh my god like she had such a ready it was very very funny uh, you should check it out online you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talksport Sport 2 my name's Shabana and Kim Little uh, is the other voice that you can hear with us she's been with us all night it's been brilliant next up you're going to hear from Everton's Daniel Turner and look ahead to Sunday's FA Cup final Hope you're having a good Monday evening. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. My name is Shabana Hearn. Kim Little from Arsenal, been with us all night as well. We were just talking about Viviana Miedema uh, getting BBC's Player of the Year and it's also the Ballon d'Or tonight as well. Viviana Miedema nominated for that as well, which is crazy. I imagine to think she could win both of those awards on the same day. I'm sure she'll celebrate in style with an early night. Uh, TalkSport's Bradley Hayden has been chatting uh, to some of the big names in the WSL all season. And this week, he sat down with Everton's Daniel Turner to chat about coming back from a difficult injury and working with a new manager.
4: Yeah, so it was functional popliteal entrapment syndrome. <laughs> uh, it's easy for me to say now I know what it is, but I didn't have a clue back then. Um, yeah, it was a problem that was troubling me for quite a while, for a few years, actually. But it got quite intense last season. And, you know, after tests, that turns out I had this functional popliteal entrapment. And obviously, it required me to have surgery towards the end of last season. So. It was disappointing for me to then miss the end of the season. But um, I think, you know, it was key, the time that I had the surgery, which enabled me to be back in time for, you know, I worked hard over the summer doing rehab here at Finch Farm on my own quite a lot, uh, which enabled me to be back just in time for pre-season when all the girls were coming back as well. So I think the timing was quite quite good in terms of that surgery, but obviously just obviously helping me with the problem. Um, and just getting back playing with the girls they had a bit of a stop start pre-season and um, you know at times it's just the car still didn't feel quite right um, but you know what well, got into the season and yeah it was a lot better and I was flying so yeah just feel nice to get back onto the pitch after it's a strange inj- injury injury so say yeah it's a strange one bizarre one but uh, yeah just pleased to be back on the pitch and just how difficult was the opening few weeks of the season for the team? You obviously faced all the big teams to start off with some difficult results still. We see change of managers or well, Willie Kirk losing his job and John Lee Vasur coming in as well, who we'll come on to in a second. Just how difficult was that opening few weeks as well in terms of results as well? Yeah, it was really difficult. Obviously, the fixtures, probably a bit unfortunate. You know, we're playing the two of the top teams in the in the country, in the first few fixtures, and obviously the score lines weren't great on our behalf so it was really difficult but obviously there was a lot of change over the summer I think eight or nine new players so that does take time it's a process so obviously the the, the fixtures didn't help the start so it was a really difficult period and then we picked up a couple of um, good results following, following that but then obviously unfortunately obviously a changing manager it's it, that's then difficult in midway through a season it then becomes like a period of adaptation obviously Jean-Luc coming in now you know we're still getting used to how he wants to play and, you know, him uh, putting his, like, his philosophy to us and, and his new ideas and things. And, you know, there's a lot of changes when that happens, you know, change of schedules and just getting used to different things. So, yeah, it was a difficult pit for us at the start of the season, but now we just want to, you know, look forward and hopefully try just keep improving every week and looking to, to build for the future. Yeah, and I'm building on that as well, our that win over Leicester, hopefully it's onwards and upwards from here. I mean, I was looking at the table yesterday. You're now sort of five points away from the top three. You're four away from fourth place. Do you feel like a top four is still a realistic target for you this season? Or or what is the aim for the club, do you feel, this year? Well, the ambition is still Champions League qualification. I'll get to as close to that as we can. As you say, I think there's five points between third and tenth. At the minute. So I think there'll be a handful of clubs looking, you know, for that. I think especially that third place is up for grabs for a lot of clubs and we're certainly one of them. You know, we we will. The ambition of this club is to, to get into the Champions League and we'll fight until we achieve that. Whether that happens this year, you know, we will keep fighting. We won't give up on that. And I think it's so open, the league this year, especially for that third place. So, um, yeah, it's still something that this club, the, the ambition of this club is definitely to, to get into the Champions League.
3: That was Danielle Turner speaking to TalkSports' Bradley Hayden. Uh, Don't forget Everton have a stretch of three home games coming up, by the way. So a great opportunity for you fans to get down there and watch the team. And speaking about fans, everyone and anybody who I know on Sunday the 5th of December is going to the FA Cup final. Arsenal against Chelsea. 40,000 tickets sold so far. Kim Little from Arsenal is with us tonight on the show. Kim, 40,000 already. How do you feel about that?
5: Yeah, I didn't realize it was that many mm. um, already. But yeah, that's incredible. Um, yeah, for me, it's it's just it's just great. I think um, to be a part of women's football um, and to now see the interest and the you know the support behind it and the one like you just said, everyone um, you know wants to go to Wembley and t- to watch the cup final. It's 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 really special and it's nice to be a part of.
3: I think as well what makes this one extra juicy is the Arsenal Chelsea rivalry. The last time you guys met was the first game of the season uh, where Arsenal beat Chelsea 3-2. Is this the biggest test of the season for Arsenal so far on Sunday?
5: Yeah, I think um obviously it's a high high pressure game and you know a one-off final so it's you know a little bit different to some of the other games we've played. I think it's quite different to a league game or even a Champions League um, group game mm. but yeah it's you know one of the biggest games of the season so far and it's quite unusual um playing an FA Cup final in December <laughs> to yeah. be honest but um, <laughs> one we're really looking forward to and like you said um, you know we're the top two in the league right now and it'll be a, a great game and a great occasion and hopefully um, great for um, everyone to watch.
3: Arsenal um, suffering a wee bit when it comes to injuries of course with Jenny Beattie and Leah Williamson uh, centre-back being an issue just now Kim or is that going to be dealt with?
5: no i think i think the um you know the, the depth of this quality of the squad we have um right now you know we can you know adjust and you know change players and you know have a have a great team um on the pitch so um yeah there's um you know minor you know injuries within within the team but you know that comes with the season and the mm. the progress of the women's game and the amount of fixtures we've had um, so it's just all about managing that um you know, and making sure as a team we're in a good place come Sunday and we put in a really good performance um, to hopefully bring home some silverware.
3: Would there be nerves ahead of that game, Kim, for you? Um,
5: I'm not personally, for me, I'm not that um, anxious or nervous a person. I think, Mm. you know, I'll get a little bit um, anxious before the game, but I I wouldn't say it's nerves, it's more just because of the occasion and um, you know, it's such a great game to be a part of. But, there, you know, there's definitely um, there's a mixture of um, um, different characters and uh, personalities within the team. And, um, of course, there's nerves for um, and some and not for others um, and on different levels. But um, that's something that's part of um, what we do and we need to control. And, mm. um, obviously, it being a big occasion, like you said, that a lot of people come in to watch. Um, and, a, you know, a high-pressure game, it's something
3: that, you know, we need to control to, to be able to get the outcome we want from it. Of course. What's it like to play at Wembley as well, Kim? Especially in so, in front of so many fans like that. Yes, yeah, so, I you know. I've been lucky enough to do it um, a few times, and it, yeah, it's such a special special occasion to
5: to be one in one in the FA Cup final, and um, you know, to to be at Wembley and to play in front of so many people. Mm. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's you know, it's something to savor. I think you know, you don't get lots and lots of opportunities, um, you know, to be in cup finals and to. Um, to take in those moments so um, yeah we're really looking forward to it and yeah we
3: hope it's a great day. Okay um, I have to ask as well how are you preparing for this game like what's your night before routine?
5: Um, night before routine yeah just mm. relaxing Um trying not overthink too much um, we'll obviously come together as a team on Saturday and train and then um, stay together until the game on Sunday so um, yeah we just you know we prepare we do our training and our tactical um, information normally and then kind of into the evening and that it's more relaxed and um, getting ourselves in a good place and a good mindset to to be able to perform to the best of our ability come come the game
3: on the Sunday. Okay, well, Kim, I wish you the best of luck. We're rooting for you guys on Sunday. It's going to be Arsenal against Chelsea, FA Cup final, 2pm, 40,000 of us going so far. And uh, surely that can go up and up and up, because I think it's a capacity of 90,000. So let's sell it out, why don't we? Uh, Good luck to you, Kim. Everything crossed. It's been lovely to have you on tonight. Thank you so much. Thanks, all right, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Daniel Turner, Bradley Hayden, producer Flo, and all of you as ever for listening. And don't forget, if you missed any of the show, download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app.
1: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.